On today's episode of Success Trails Podcast, I welcome entrepreneur Kate Kemp, who is the owner of Kai and Kate, which celebrates 12 years at her brick and mortar store and 15 years in business. She's the proud recipient of the 2016 and 2017 Best Woman's Clothing Store by Suburban Life Magazine and the 2016 Most Distinct Gift Shop by Glancer Magazine. She's a female-owned business in the western burbs of Chicago and is the alumni of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. Katie brings a pack of punch when it comes to value here on this episode. She's really brilliant. I think you're really going to love this episode. And before we get to this episode, you know what? As a small business owner, and I know I am one, we need every competitive advantage we can get. And that's why I'd love for you to check out my new course, Superhero Service Super Profits, which is all about using customer service as a revenue generator and not a revenue detractor. Check the show notes. I have a link to book a call and let me help you help your business in the name of service. But for now, let's get to our episode with Kate Kemp. Okay, Kate, thanks for coming on the Success Trails podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So, Kate, for those not familiar with yourself as a business owner or your business, just kind of give everybody listening a quick backstory where you were, how you got to where you are today with your successful business. Sure. I'm a women's lifestyle retail boutique in the Western Burbs of Chicago. We're in Elmhurst. I launched my business in 2008 as a home-based business, traveling around doing trunk shows, fashion shows. Um, bringing my finds um, to women around the Chicagoland area. And then I opened up my brick and mortar in 2011. And then in COVID, I expanded into a um, website and I do a live sales event every Wednesday night. So a couple of things just that you mentioned there, I think we should dive into, which is I think there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast who maybe have an at-home business or are doing something on the side and maybe want to turn it into a business. They don't have an existing business. For someone that did just that, what would you say to that individual? I was a home-based business for three years and I had a retired accountant managing my books and he told me I could never have the kind of growth that I wanted to see if I didn't take the next step. And so I had women shopping in my home and shopping at these events, but that was only attracting a very small demographic. So opening up the brick and mortar allowed myself to be available to every consumer that wasn't going to be comfortable coming to my home to shop or I wouldn't see if I wasn't at an event at their home or in their space. Was that something for you that was a a kind of a scary transition? You're 100% confident. Did you have any, you know, doubts about that? Or was it just, we're going for it? Um, I was completely terrified. And I was raising two little ones at home. So I felt like I was sort of having the best of both worlds. I was home with my children, but then I also had something I was super passionate about. But my husband, um, it was during the recession, he sort of started hearing the numbers that were happening in the growth, which I think growth was like 600% in 18 months in the recession. And he said, I know this is scary for you, but we have a lot of skill sets that we can offer. So we'll get you you know, kind of rolling and build a team around you. So on the days you don't know what you're doing, we can step in. And um, they just, I had a, a, a good base. I had some retired business guys and my, my, my father, my husband, and they all kind of surrounded me with whatever I needed to get that storefront opened. 
what were some of those things that maybe early caught you off guard or you didn't realize that you needed, whether it was from a setup standpoint or just a skill set? Sure. Um, well, the, I would say the first 18 months I opened up my storefront, I definitely worked a 12 hour day. Um, felt like it was, I was working around the clock, just payroll, you know, your lease, kind of all your overhead expenses, learning margins and, and taxes, just kind of all the nuances and details and operationally running a business. And then, you know, my skill set was more in the buying, the marketing, the customer service. So I kind of leaned into the things that I was really good at. And then when I, when I didn't know it, I um, looked for some, some support. A few years into the business, I would say I was tired of feeling anxious about the things that I didn't know. And so a friend encouraged me to apply to the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program, which was an incredible opportunity. Um, Just a brief little thing about that. Goldman Sachs, during the recession, when they got kind of bailed out by the government, their philanthropic arm was to give back to the small businesses that are the you know framework of America. So they created this program and they partnered with Babson College out of Boston, which has the top entrepreneurial program. And you were taught from a city college. So I went into downtown Chicago to Harold Washington College. I met with a cohort of 30 other business owners from all sectors, male and female. You just had to have a certain qualification in order to apply and be accepted into the program. And then it was a four-month program, kind of like a mini MBA 100 hours of classroom time, 100 hours out. And that's when I really felt like I got to know all the components of my business, running it, where I was really skilled at, and then where I wasn't. But I felt like I understood my numbers and I didn't, and I knew how to adjust to the seasons and I could do forecasting and kind of all those business jargon terms that I always felt like because I didn't go to school for business, I grew, went to school and became a teacher and had a master's in education and leadership. You know, some of the stuff you do when you run your own business is very intuitive. And then there's other stuff that you really feel like you need a, a, a course or a seminar or a class in. And so I felt like that kind of offered me that. And since then, I've been able to really um, grow my business with a lot, of confi- a lot more confidence than I felt like I had at the beginning. So you mentioned a couple things there, but was there any particular thing that you learned that you really have used today or that really, really stood out to you as a glaring maybe issue or skill set that you really had to get better with? Um, Well, I would just say like the finances, the accounting, the numbers, the taxes. When I start to look at those spreadsheets, they all sort of start to swim to me. I All of us business owners, right? We hate yeah. that. I'm way more of like a in front of the house person rather than back of the house. So I like to be in sales in front of people. Um, I think my talent and skill set is really like identifying the needs of my customers, the trends, what people are wanting to buy and what price point they're wanting to spend. And then sort of finding on the hunt, finding those unique products that meet those categories so that my turn in my industry is fast enough that I can be profitable. Because in retail, it's, you know, there's a seasonality to most of your items. So how do you compete just as a small boutique, um, you know, in a town versus these large chains or large uh, e-commerce sites? How do you compete? Because we know a lot of people do own small boutiques, small stores. Like what, in your opinion, kind of keeps you up with those type of uh, bigger businesses, if you will? 
Sure. I've actually done some market research on that because sometimes when you're in your business, it's hard to grow your business when you're always there and to know what sort of sets you apart and makes you different. So I always use my field research when I'm in other towns traveling or have some time off. I like to go and shop at other stores, big, small, whatever, and and sort of see what makes us different. And I think in the 14 plus years that I've been in this space, what's changed in more corporate retail is there's just less customer service. There's less people on payroll. There's there's staff less people. So you go into a store, for instance, like a Nordstrom, which I love. Sometimes it's just harder to find someone to help you that has time. Um, and then the product, they, you know, everyone's sort of web based now. So a lot of stores are just really low or lacking in inventory. They sort of get their allocation and it sells through and they don't get more. So when you come into a small boutique in any town, really, I feel like you get a lot more personalized service. People greet you at the door. They want to understand why you're shopping, what you need, um, show you kind of the bells and whistles and identify products that meet that need. They want to wrap it up for you. They chit chat with you. Sometimes retail is a little bit of therapy when you need just, you know, you're having an off day. And so, and they remember who you are. So then you go back and and they're really invested, just, just not in that one singular transaction, but maybe in you and your family and you get that experience that you don't find in big box stores. So, so I do feel like we get inventory in daily and we listen to what our customers need. If we're selling through something really quickly, we'll try and get more of it or get it in a different colorway. So I just feel like it's very um, personalized. So really think, I mean, anyone listening, you have a small business, just lean into your strengths and understand like what makes us small sometimes is we can do things that the big guys, big, big girls, right? Can't do like lean into those strengths. It sounds like that's what you do. One of the analogies I use during COVID is like the Titanic. It's like this giant cruise ship, like big corporate businesses are this giant ship and they can't pivot or move quickly. They hit the iceberg or whatever. It's hard. When you're little, you're like that little dinghy, the little rowboat. You can anticipate or see things that are happening and you can make adjustments. I don't know. It might be a cheesy analogy, but no, I, just I think that's great. Like we could we could pivot quickly and you know we have all these vendors that we can call up and say oh my gosh everyone's really into a thousand piece puzzles right now what do you have in inventory that you can get to me whereas at that time like in covid you know amazon was only shipping essentials and you know people were you know there's just a lot of more constraints you know like my staff love coming to the work they love being together it's like a big family and then they want to like jump through hoops to make sure everyone's having this awesome experience so you talked about going into other stores um, just to kind of see what you guys really do right. I know from a business standpoint, it's always great to seek out other industries, other businesses, just to kind of see what maybe you could borrow and implement. Have you ever just, whether it's another retail business or any other business, really liked something and kind of plucked it and applied it to your store? If so, what? Um, more so than the small experience, I grew up working as a teenager, college student and beyond after that, even my summers off from, from teaching in corporate retail. And there's a lot of really great components there. I worked in the Williams-Sonoma Pottery Barn, Pottery Barn Kids family. 
And they have this whole guest philosophy that I've implemented just in my small boutique. And when I'm training young high schoolers that have never worked in, you know, as a sales associate, they really seem to like the framework. So for your listeners, I think it's the acronym. I can explain it really quickly. It's called guest. The G, you can apply it. Even I think you said you're in fitness industry. You can apply it, you know, in all industries. The G is greeting your customer. Everyone loves to be just greeted and said hello when they walk in the door and feel welcomed. The U is understanding what the customer is there for, what what their needs. They might be browsing, killing time while their child's at soccer, or they might be there for a birthday gift. The E is explaining what you have, what you have to offer, um, the product and what makes it great or some of your best sellers. The S is suggesting additional items. So if you're being a really good listener to them and they say they're there for a birthday gift, they need a card for it. Or they said they're going on a, a, a trip for this birthday. Do they need you know a cute top to wear after they buy their birthday gift for their friend? And then the T and guest is thanking the customer. And so I feel like when we use that guest acronym, which I took from a big corporate retail house and used, applied it to, to my staff, it seems to give this really clear black and white um, description to how a customer should feel and their experience when they're in your store. No, I absolutely love it. Uh, somebody who customer service uh, obsessed myself. I love that. I actually haven't heard that acronym. So I think anyone listening, replay, write that down and start applying it uh, in your business. You talked about just before we talked about the uh, implementing other things, your team and the culture. And I know before we even recorded, you talked about you pride yourselves on having this great culture for your team. Like, what do you do to create that? And what do you feel like makes your workplace different? I love my job and I love going to it. I tend to be a glass half full, really positive person, pretty optimistic. And I like a culture that feels that same way. So part of it's in the training, what we talk about, like what's not tolerated and not tolerated, but what we, what kind of a workplace we want to create for everyone. So it seems to be more of a supportive, uplifting place. It's not um, demeaning or judgy or rude. Um, and I think that the staff that's there appreciate kind of leaving whatever their worries are at the door and coming in and getting the support from each other and from our staff. And then I just try to like have different incentives. I, I try to take time to treat my staff to lunch, you know, on a Friday after they've been working really hard, or if I give them goals for numbers, I try to reward them. Everyone gets a manicure and pedicure, just little things um, that I don't feel like you ever really get in some of the bigger corporate, you know, things we can, we can make those little small investments in our staff and they appreciate it. I think one of the main things they'll always say to me as a business owner is they appreciate how flexible I am. We have enough staff and there are times when some people need, have different needs than others. And so I try to be flexible and all of them help each other. So the, 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 um, the hours are covered, but if they need time for family or something's happening, we can, we can make adjustments. So just those little things that aren't quite as rigid and structured, you know, in a corporate place. And yeah, I, I, think, I understand um, that like it, I'm running a business, but I, you know, the most amount of employees I think I have at any one time is like 18. So we can be a little bit more flexible than when you're running a big entity. No, I think that's great. I know a lot of business owners and it, it, we both know it's tough right now with staffing, but uh, I think a lot of business owners get very 
like you said, the R word, get rigid and won't adjust and kind of forget that our staffs are people and have lives. So that's uh, a great uh, point. Uh, as you look at kind of, you know, over the years, you've been in business for a while. What are some big lessons that have kind of stuck out to you over the years? If you look back and go, wow, I can't believe like I didn't expect this or what are some things that stand out to you? Well, I'll always remember the um, polar vortex of 2014. It was right after one of my kids was born. It was really, really cold here from January through March. And I was still newer in the retail space, whereas I placed orders. And then when they were ready, they would charge and ship them to you. I didn't know then that you could call and say, hey, I need to cancel that order or minimize, you know, make that order a little bit smaller or delay it for a few weeks. So I felt like I got pounded with a lot of inventory during a time in Chicago where people weren't out and about shopping and I didn't have an online presence. So it was this one moment in time where I felt like my turn didn't move fast enough and I was sitting on a lot of inventory and it was really cold out. And that became a really strong lesson in inventory management because it didn't, you don't just recover from that overnight. You know, it takes a bit to be able to pay down that debt that you just incurred from, you know, taking on that inventory. Do you have, uh, cause it sounds like you have a lot of experience, anyone listening who is in retail or any uh, type industry where they do have to make a lot of purchases, uh, any tips from a, you know, purchasing standpoint, like maybe what to do. It sounds like you just gave a great thing of what not to do, but any tips on what to do or to get a better deal or price, no matter what industry they're in? Yes. Okay. My number one thing that a lot of people don't know, and I, I've been doing this since 2014, is I keep my credit card locked because I have a really high limit and because I have great credit and pay it down um, and, or pay it off, they'll allow it to go over the limit. They'll let it go twice the limit. And um, that is great if you need that much kind of advance in cash, but I don't want, I don't, I want to keep it kind of regulated or managed. So it's, oh, I'm not paying finance charges and I'm always able to pay it off. So I keep it locked and it's kind of annoying because my vendor will have to text me or call me and say, your order is ready. Um, would you like me to ship it? And I'll unlock the card and they can, I can charge it and run it through. So it's a little bit of logistical, but it helps control inventory management tremendously. And also when you go to trade shows and you place orders, sometimes you're working with temps. You're not working with your normal um, customer service or or assigned like representative, and they won't always put down shipping dates. So when you're in retail, you buy categories based on deliveries. So I don't want Mother's Day items to arrive in January, and I don't want Fourth of July stuff to you know arrive in February. So they might not put down a delivery date, and if the vendor gets all their inventory in early, which they t- typically tend to do. Um, especially with all the shipping delays that have occurred, they'll just charge you and ship it out if your card's ready to go. So I've learned um, to control this that steady you know flow of inventory with keeping a credit card locked. So you're looking at your business and you know it's very successful. How have you grown it to where it is today? I know you mentioned uh, again before we started recording it. You're big with the community. Do you feel like that's had a huge impact in your business's growth? And if so, what do you try to do within the community to help that? So I love supporting 
the schools, the organizations. Um, we we have a very philanthropic community that does a lot of fundraising and and so with that said, I try to donate to as many um almost to all organizations that really ask. And I have I have two kind of types, three types I would say of donations that make it feasible for my business to still operate. One is time. I can donate my time in ways of an internship um, where kids can, you know, I can raffle off or, or they can bid on uh, an internship with a retail boutique owner. Another one is a private party. So I'll provide, you know, food and drink and a, a small discount and they can come in with their organization and shop. So it brings, you know, brings an ever extra revenue. It's a win-win. They'll auction those off at their events. I'll also donate gift cards um, or products if that's what they're looking for. If they're putting together a raffle basket, I'll use my sale, old aged inventory, my sales stuff to put a basket together for their event for a raffle. Or I'll donate them a gift card, which then brings the customer into um, shop. So I just feel like I try to support. And then when they're looking to shop, they want to come and support me because it's, you know, like a kind of a win-win. Yeah, I'm always amazed that when business owners don't get involved in the community or don't give to local uh, charities or schools because it really all comes back to you in some way. So uh, that's great that you guys do that. What do you think is really important for you as a, a mom, a wife, and as a entrepreneur? Like, what do you have to do for yourself to make sure you're good, that you're set uh, mentally and physically? Like, what do you try to do with your own routine? So I think it's really easy to keep grinding when you're a business owner and, and not come up for air. And the f- beginning years were definitely like that. But as we've fallen into a rhythm and we able we're able to like look at our numbers and make forecasting and predictions, I can kind of step away a little bit from my business. And and it's especially important as a mother. I have four children. Just self care, just making that time for myself. So I didn't used to work out or make that a priority, and now I do. And I feel like that that gives me an extra little mental toughness. Like I don't feel like I have the same worries or anxiety I had before when I get that one hour in the gym, just spending that. And then, and at our gym, they joke, you're supposed to keep track of your weights on your phone, on their app. And I said, I can't pick up my phone for this hour. So you're just going to have to help me with what weights I need. It's just like my one hour to myself. Um, and then just making time for, you know, different appointments or services or I, I love services. Like if it means like once a month, I need to go and grab a massage or a facial or do, or I meet a girlfriend for lunch. I like give myself that time and don't constantly say I'm too busy or I have too much going on because I equate the, I like analogies. So I equate being a business owner to getting married, but you never get to your wedding. There's just always this long to-do list of things that are really important. You have to do them, but then you never get, I, I sometimes equate Christmas to the wedding and you know, cause that's a big deal in the retail world is, you know, getting everyone ready for Christmas, but it is hard. It's like a never ending to-do list and there's always more to be done, but like giving yourself a little time out or a break makes me, or taking those vacations with your family when they have their time off, or if their kids have a day off of school, just letting my staff know ahead of time, I won't be in cause I want to spend that time with them. It makes me a better business owner, mom, wife, when I get, when I allow myself that time. And Kate, this has been great uh, insight, really great tips, really good acronyms. Uh, as we kind of wind down a little bit here with the conversation, 
What would be two big things that you want to leave the listeners with here at this end of the podcast? One of the things that someone's told me, especially in the beginning, and I say it to myself frequently, is get out of your own way. I feel like as a person, we can come up with all the the more the negative or the reasons why it can't happen. And I tend to be a little bit risk adverse, but I have people like my partner, my husband, who will say, you can do this. You have the ability or be confident in that. Get out of your own way. Get it done. You know. Um, and the other one that that I've learned over the years, and I feel like we definitely have had some great growth is um, you can't work. I think I said it earlier, you can't work on your business when you're in your business. So stepping away and delegating and empowering your team and your staff and giving people lots of responsibilities and um, accolades and incentives so that you can, you know, have this wonderful life also. So how can people connect with you, uh, whether they're a business owner, they want to connect with you or somebody just interested in your business, just kind of give everybody contact, website, social media, whatever you want to uh, dish out. Awesome. Yeah, we have a great presence on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook as Kai Kate, K-I-E-K-A-T-E. We have a website. Our entire um, storefront is online. We do live sales every single Wednesday night at 8 p.m., which you can tune into. We also have an awesome free app that you could download. So um, we're definitely involved really very much in social. You can message me through Instagram. We you know check them and I have an email address. We're all listed online. It's my oldest daughter. I have four kids. My oldest daughter is Kylie and it's spelled K-I-E-L-Y. It's a Gaelic last name. I started the company when she was one and she just got her license last week. She's 16. So I always know how old my business is based on how old Kylie is. So, and my real name's Katie. Everyone calls us Kai and Kate. Awesome. Well, Kate, wish you nothing but success. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And uh, yeah, obviously you're doing some really great things. So keep on uh, crushing it with the business. Thank you so much for uh, reaching out to me and, and getting me involved in this. I very much appreciate it. So thank you for listening to the Success Trails podcast. And please, please, please share this podcast with family, friends, coworkers, anybody that you think wants to excel in life, even if they're not a business owner. If they are a business owner or an entrepreneur or maybe want to be a business owner, then even more so. And also, if you could, please subscribe to the Success Trails podcast. Have a great day. Success Trails.